You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, have you ever wondered how I generate thousands of inbound leads per year using LinkedIn? Well, this episode is sponsored by my guide, The Ultimate Guide to Generating Inbound Leads with LinkedIn. This is the definitive guide on how to consistently generate inbound leads using LinkedIn and social selling. So if you want a copy of that guide, just send a text to 44222 with the word L-I guide, all one word, L-I guide to 44222, or you can go to my website at askdennisbrown.com forward slash guide. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. Her name is Amy Balliet, and she's the CEO and founder of nationally leading creative content agency, Killer Visual Strategies, as well as the author of the newly released book, also named Killer Visual Strategies, which provides an essential guide to visual communications and visual content marketing. She's considered an expert in the field of visual communications and visual content strategy. Balliette speaks at dozens of conferences each year, including South by Southwest, Adobe Max, Content Marketing World, and the list goes on. In addition to driving visual strategy for the world's top brands, Balliette is a regular teacher at the School of Visual Concepts, a guest lecturer at several universities, and a LinkedIn learning instructor. Welcome to the show, Amy. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. This is a really interesting topic because you've noticed the trend You know, if I think back on the trends here, particularly over the last five years, visual, the visual component to storytelling and content has become glaringly obvious, right? But yet so many entrepreneurs and marketers are still ignoring it or doing it wrong. So just to give everybody a sense, today we're going to talk about how to grow your business 49% faster by leveraging visual content, right? So that's, that's what Amy's an expert in, right? But before we do that, we're going to talk a little bit about her backstory. Give us a quick, we didn't even cover the backstory in the pre-interview, so I'm really interested to hear how you landed, how you started this visual, this infographics business, which eventually morphed into more visual content. So tell us a quick backstory, and then we'll unpack the, that 49% stat. I'm sure everybody's really eager to jump in. Definitely. You know, I actually started Killer on accident. I have a whole lengthy story about it that I don't need to go into, but the simple fact of it is I had a different business model entirely. I was a domainer. I had a bunch of websites and I was marketing all of those websites and I started designing infographics for them. And it kind of just snowballed into people asking us to design infographics for their domains because I knew a lot of domainers in the industry. So we just started looking at who was leveraging infographics, who could we land as new clients Neil Patel was actually our first real client because we saw that he was using infographics in 2010 and just starting to get into them. So we went after him and just started asking him if he'd hire us to do content work. And over the first couple of years, he actually gave us a lot of great tips to evolve and grow. But we were initially an infographic company only for two years. And then we just kind of started evolving into adding a bunch of other services with the foundational element of visual communication. And for me, my background's pretty weird. It's all over the place like a typical millennial. But I went to film school, 
I lived in some film editing and film world marketing jobs for a while. And then I went into online marketing and SEO. And Killer is kind of the culmination of both. It's visual storytelling, which is great for marketing, but it really hits my sweet spot of loving film as well. Love it. Perfect. Thanks for sharing that. So give us a, a little bit, if you could, of a you know, backstory. When did you start you know, the first iteration, Killer Infographics? When did you start that? What year? 2010. In okay. fact, our 10-year anniversary, I think is today. I'm not even lying to you. Woo! I think years. that's when we, yeah, I think that's when we got the domain. About that's 10 a big years deal. Today. That's yeah. a big deal. Congrats. So Thank in you. the 10 years, the business has obviously evolved and you said you kind of accidentally fell into it. And I get that. I think a lot of that happens to a lot of us at times. Can you give us a sense of scale of the size of the business? You know, whether that be revenue range or number of employees or something, some sort of understanding as to how big the business is now. I mean, I just give us a little bit of breakdown on that. Yeah, definitely. So we're considered one of the leading visual communication agencies in the world. We really earned that reputation over the first five years of the business. We grew, we totally bootstrapped. We started with $750 to buy a domain and that was it. So that's the only investment we put into the company. We grew entirely off of revenue, started with a team of two, grew to a team of 30. And at the end of 2018, that's actually when I sold Killer. So now I'm part of a larger portfolio of companies and we're rolling up into a new agency called Material. So more growth is just on the way. I'm now part of a portfolio that's hundreds of millions of dollars of top agencies. Wow. So did you sell that to a bigger agency or was it like, uh, oh, it was. Okay. So you sold it to a larger agency. Yeah. I sold it to a larger agency. Great. And before you sold it, was it a seven figure business, eight figure business? I mean, 30 employees. I mean, you were cranking out some content. It was a seven figure business. And what's funny about it is the original business when we were doing websites and domains, our original business name was called seven figure project. So funny enough, that's what we grew killer to really close to eight, but hit the seven and found the right buyer to take us to the next level. Awesome. Congrats on that. All right, guys. So listen, I'm sure you're curious about this whole stat that we led with how to grow your business 49% faster. And Amy lives that every single day with her clients. So she's going to give us a quick breakdown of exactly, first of all, where that stat came from, you know, why visual is so important. And she's even going to dip into some how, right? That you might be able to implement for your business. So take it away. And if I need any clarification, I'll interrupt. Sounds good. So basically what that stat comes from is multiple surveys of marketers and brands for the past five years. This stat is consistently reported on. The latest stat suggests that businesses that are really relying on visual content marketing, if they're using around 12 to 14 types of visual content to accomplish single goals, those businesses are growing their revenue on average 49% faster than the businesses that aren't. Now, when we're talking about visual content, there's a big thing that everybody needs to understand, which is simply, you can't just slap text on top of a stock image and say, great, I've created my visual content. Now I'm going to see a 49% revenue growth as a result. That's not what it is. It's about having a true strategy centered around visual content marketing. In other words, anything bit of information that you're trying to share with your end audience, whether that be thought leadership or whether that be sharing about a new product or service or simply just trying to gain new customers. 91% of today's audiences in B2B and B2C 
prefer visual content as their very first form of information delivery when connecting with a new brand. Now, if they're wanting to learn about that brand, 99% of people will actually look for a motion graphic first. That's what they'll look for to when they're landing on somebody's website when they want to learn about that brand. So in other words, if you're not utilizing motion graphics on a regular basis on all of your landing pages, if you're not trying to catch people's attention through visual content on all of your social channels, and if you're not also utilizing infographics on your website, which is the second most craved form of content on a landing page or website, if you're not doing these things, you're already losing your audience. Attention spans of audiences today average about five seconds long, but it takes an average of eight seconds for the brain to truly process and comprehend three sentences of text. And on average, three sentences of text is what you need to explain your product or service. Visual content, on the other hand, gets to the brain 60,000 times faster than any other form of communication delivery. As a result, we actually form our first impressions in about 50 milliseconds. And that means we're also starting to come to conclusions in that period of time as well. So the fact is, is if you're only relying on text or if you're using visuals, but they're mismatched styles or they're all stock imagery or they're not custom and they're, they're not connected throughout your website as one unique aesthetic direction. If you're in that boat and you're just, you're doing that, you have to consider the fact that anybody looking at your website, anybody looking at any other content online and offline about you, their brain is subconsciously forming conclusions about you through the visuals that you've chosen, whether you like it or not. So if you're not putting your time and effort into speaking visually first, into having those visuals tell your story first, and instead you're relying entirely on text, you're already losing that first impression opportunity of really connecting with that audience and really getting them to kind of move in the right direction to become loyal about your brand or service. Yeah, I think that makes total sense. I mean, when I just think about it inwardly, right, from a personal perspective, you know, when I find a piece of content, you know, whether, you know, you mentioned Neil Patel, right? I'm a big fan of Neil Patel, been following him for years. He puts out amazing content, right? I mean, he does really well, long form, super detailed, very granular, but he incorporates a lot of great visuals into his content. So he, he spends a lot of time and energy, you know, and money creating that content, you know, way more than what you would even realize, I think, you know, just listening to this on a podcast. So when I find a great piece of content, the first thing that always hooks me, obviously, is the, is the headline, right? But the next thing I look for before even reading it is I look for a graphic that allows me to cheat. It's almost like a cheat, right? It's almost like I'm like, all right, I can figure this out and get a really good understanding of what's going on with that visual. And if I like the overall concept, now I'll go back and read. So I don't usually read first. Now, I don't know if most people are like me, but that's how I consume content. And then if the visual loses me, they're just never going to, I'm never going to get to the reading part. It's just not going to work. Exactly. And you know, what's funny about that, everybody kind of wondered how BuzzFeed grew to popularity as fast as it did. There was a period of time where BuzzFeed was considered the most engaging news source online. And that was between about 2012 and 2016. It had a higher engagement factor than any other news site that existed. And the reason is they actually have a very specific rule. For every 100 to 200 words, you have to have a visual. The visual has to match the headline that's breaking up that 100 to 200 words because people consume content by looking at a headline and a visual, a headline and a visual. 
if those things compel them enough, then they will go ahead and read. So we often say, you know, at Killer, we're in the business of creating book covers. And that's really what it comes down to. We want to create the most compelling book covers out there that get people to crack open that book and actually read about the brand or service. I like that. I love that. That analogy of a book cover is really perfect, right? Because I mean, you know, they say don't judge a book by its cover, but we all do. We all do. I mean, it's just the way it is. So, all right, cool. It's awesome. So that was the why. And the why was that stat you shared that we, the visual communications is 60,000 times more effective than any other medium, right? We absorb it 60,000 times faster, right? Exactly. So that's the why. Is there anything else you want to add to the why before we jump into the how? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's more to the brain science than just that 60,000 times faster processing factor. The fact of the matter is, is we are instinctually visual communicators. It's something that we've always been inherently meant to do. If you look back at just the history of communication, the written word took, it took hundreds of years to form. Language took hundreds of years. The fact is, is the very first sets of communication that existed were cave paintings on walls. So if you think about our current environment, we're inundated by information left and right. We have computers in our pockets. We have, you know, a typical person has three screens around them at all times. So when we have this much information coming at us, and now when you add to that the popularity of podcasts, I mean, podcasts are just taking off, especially during COVID right now. So when you add to that the audible information we're now taking in as well, the fact of the matter is, is that it makes sense that we're going to revert to our base instincts. And our base instincts are to take in information visually and to communicate visually. And so when we're thinking about the why, it's more than just our actual scientific brain makeup. It's also the environment that surrounds us that has made this perfect situation for us to be so visual as as a society, for us to constantly crave visual content. And at the same time, it's given us discerning eyes. And I think that's an important piece that everybody needs to understand. 94% of first impressions today are based entirely on the design of the content your audience sees. So if that design is low quality in nature, it's not going to succeed. It's actually going to hurt you rather than help you. So as we think about that why, we also have to take that into consideration the fact that today we have so much great media and entertainment around us that it's just raised our expectations for what we want brands to deliver to us as well. Yeah, I agree. I love it. Perfect. That was a great segue into the how. So tell us a little bit about how as entrepreneurs and marketers, can we improve the overall content? Because again, you've been doing this for over a decade, right? And you have a very different background than most people that are, you know, that are listening to this podcast. What are a few things that they can take away from this podcast, implement in their business where they're going to see some sort of impact? Again, they may not, just because they start putting visuals in their content doesn't mean they're going to grow 49% faster. We're not saying that. But what we're saying is, is unless you start using visuals, you're definitely not going to outdo your competition that is, right? If they're already using them. So take it away. Exactly. So when we think about that, how there are tons of rules about visual communication that you really have to follow to ensure that you're creating high quality visual content. I can't go into all of those rules in this podcast, but I'll go into my favorite ones. One of my absolute favorites to share is always think about context. It's a con when there's too much text. 
It's a very simple rule. But the fact of the matter is, is if you're looking at a piece of visual content and you have to read the text to get an understanding of what you're looking at, to understand the topic or to understand at least one conclusion, then it's not visual communication. So the way you can test that is to simply cover up with your hand or if you're doing the design work and you can actually turn the layer of text off, that works even better. But if you're not the designer, if you're the marketer, just put your hand over that text and only look at the visuals and decide, can you understand at least the core topic that you're looking at and take one, at least one conclusion out of it? If you can, and if that conclusion is the conclusion you want your audience to have, then you're going in the right direction. So first and foremost, think about that. The fact of the matter is, is today's audiences will only read 20% of the text put in front of them when that text is about 600 words or more. So keep your content under 600 words unless you're writing an article, unless you're writing a blog post or something like that. But if you're pushing something out like an ebook, keep that under 600 words. It actually succeeds better. Or at least make sure each page is only using 100 words of content that will really ensure that you're really leading with visual bite-sized information that people can really take in at their leisure. The next rule that I really love to share with everybody is avoid the stigma of stock. The fact is, is today's audiences hate stock photography. We live in an Instagram world. Every single one of us are now professional photographers in our own heads. And so as a result, we tend to judge photography for not being candid or for being inauthentic or feeling posed or honestly overproduced. And because of that, especially a millennial audience and a Gen Z, they aren't responding to stock like they used to. Now, Gen X is kind of mixed, but you still have a high percentage of Gen X not loving stock imagery and feeling as if as if honestly the brand that's delivering that stock imagery is kind of taking them for granted. We demand more from our brands. We demand higher quality. And stock imagery doesn't lead with quality. The, there's some really interesting stats out of HubSpot about stock imagery and conversions on websites. And one of the biggest stats that I love to share is that custom imagery and that can be custom photography if you can only get to photography and you can't do illustrations. But custom imagery converts seven times better than stock imagery. So when we're thinking about that idea of growing your revenue 49% faster, well, obviously making the choice that of a visual medium that increases your conversion rates is something you want to do. And so don't use stock. Find ways to do custom content. If you are bootstrapped, if you don't have the budget to go out and create all the types of custom content that say Neil Patel does for all of his, his text-based content. If you can't create all those custom visuals, I actually suggest getting what we call a workbench of assets. And you can get a freelancer to do this. You can get an agency to do this. There's so many people you can get to do this. Identify all the icons that you need. Identify all the data points that you think prove your case for your product or service. Have a designer do data visualization designs for all of those data points. Have a designer design all of the icons you need. And then also maybe identify 20 or 30 illustrations that you can reuse throughout your content 
and have them design all of those illustrations as well. Make sure they're all the same aesthetic direction. They all have the same look and feel. And now you've got this digital toolkit of content that you can move into your eBooks that you can just simply drag into an eBook, drag into a PowerPoint deck, create a social media micro narrative with. There's so much you can do by just investing in your own kind of vector pack. But don't buy a stock vector pack because your competitors could buy the same stock vector pack. And then you're no longer custom and original. Right. I like that stat about custom graphics versus stock graphics. I mean, seven, what was the stat? Seven times more. Stock, pardon me, custom imagery converts seven times better than stock imagery on your website. Seven times higher conversion. That's, we're not talking one at 50% better or even a hundred percent better. We're talking seven times better. Exactly. And that's, that's eye-opening because I mean, when you're talking about someone landing on your website and then you have one opportunity to convert, potentially one opportunity and not even one opportunity, but literally seconds to convert them into a follower, into an email subscriber, into a customer, and you're not taking advantage of that seven time, you know, that strategy of custom graphics. I mean, it just seems, just seems foolish. Exactly. And if you're trying to convert people on social media, custom graphics have 3.3 times the engagement of stock imagery, or especially they actually have eight times the engagement of text, but everything does on social. Yeah. Love it. Okay, great. All right. So we talked about the context rule. We talked about the avoid the stock photography rule and that seven times factor on that. Any other tips or ideas? What about some different content types or styles or some different ideas there for types of content? That would be really interesting. What converts, what are you seeing convert really well? What stuff that maybe people can do on a budget versus higher end stuff? I mean, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, definitely. There's two extremely powerful types of visual media that really convert well. One of the biggest ones is an animated video, an explainer video, basically. And when I say animated, that's what a motion graphic is. A motion graphic is kind of animation light. The reason animated actually works better than live action, unless you're in the healthcare industry, I should note live action is kind of what you want in the healthcare industry. You want that personal connection to see real humans trying whatever the drug is that you might be promoting, for instance. But let's say you're not in the healthcare industry. Let's say you're in SaaS. SaaS is a great example of something where having a motion graphic to explain your SaaS product tends to be a far more successful medium than trying to explain your SaaS product in a white paper or a pitch deck or just anywhere else on your website. In fact, a good motion graphic, and that's one that's under 90 seconds in length, that's really important to note, something that's entirely custom and original, something that is clearly using custom illustration throughout, that can increase your conversion rates on an average of 80%. When you add a custom score, you can see your conversion rates increase on an average of 110%. So leading with the motion graphic in the upper fold of your landing page drives people right into your conversion funnel. It's a really great tool. But one of the absolute best tools emerging right now when it comes to visual media is interactive content. And when I'm talking about interactive content, I'm talking about a parallax scroll landing page or I'm talking about an interactive widget on your site that helps people decide which of your services is best for them. Interactive tools 
average a 70% conversion rate, 70%. So not a 70% increase. They average a 70% conversion rate. If you can get somebody interacting with that tool, 70% of those people are likely to become a lead or a customer or whatever you're trying to convert them into. So interactive tools are really good to use if you've already gotten somebody to your website, but you got to get your audience to your website first, because that's where you can see those conversion rates on interactive content only on your site. You're not going to see it on, for instance, a social channel or a partner channel or something like that. It's got to be a site dedicated to your brand or service. I like that. So let's peel that onion back a little bit further about these widgets, right? So you mentioned a couple and I think we've all seen them, but being that this is a podcast, obviously it's kind of hard to visualize. So give us a couple more examples of, of how you've seen clients use this really effectively. You know, a 70% conversion rate is compelling, right? I mean, geez, I mean, you got my attention. It's not, like you said, it's not a 70% increase, it's conversion. That, that's huge, right? When you're talking about marketing on a website, those types of conversions don't just happen, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, so, you know, I'm visualizing a very simple version of this, almost like, like when they land on your page, you'd see like testimonials in a scroll box where you can actually scroll through. Is that kind of like an idea, a simple example of a visual widget? More when we're thinking about an interactive visual widget, we want people to have the opportunity to go through a couple of phases. So when you're scrolling through a testimonial box, that is something that definitely helps to engage your audience. But what we really want to do is collect some information about the audience as they're going through that content. So a good example would be, if you think about any bank out there, all these banks have interactive calculator tools on their websites. Now, these interactive calculator tools are often licensed calculator tools. Every bank is licensing the same tool. They're paying six figures a year to license these tools so that they have these tools that are constantly updating with maybe bank rates and things like that. We work with banks to create custom calculators where we have visual content throughout the calculator where it's specific to that bank. For instance, maybe that bank has a different type of mortgage that doesn't include mortgage interest or something like that. So we want to make sure that we've customized it to that bank to showcase that. We use iconography throughout the calculator. So it's not just a simple form fill. Instead, you have an icon next to each question that helps you understand what that question is or maybe why it's important. And then we also include one big illustration next to the interactive calculator. That big illustration is often an illustration of happy customers because we really want to showcase that, you know, this bank is going to help make your life happier. An interactive calculator like that, that has all of those visuals added on, not only saves the bank the six figures a year of licensing that they were spending, but they see that average 70% conversion rate. So we're doing it for a mortgage, a bank's mortgage company right now. And they're seeing an average of actually 76% of their customers who hit that page, reaching out to learn about a mortgage when that page used to have a 3% conversion rate. Nice. Okay, great. That was a great example. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, great. Anything else you want to add on the how or examples of the different types of visual content? We'll ask a couple more questions and then we'll wrap it up for today. Definitely. I think one of the biggest things as we're thinking about that how 
it really does come down to this idea that 94% of first impressions are based on design. When you're creating a quality design, it means you have to consider form and function. So it has to look beautiful, but you also have to consider how it functions, what channels will it live on so that you're designing for those specific channels, for instance, or what tone you need to strike with your target audience. In other words, just like any other type of marketing strategy that you put together, you need to know exactly who your audience is and create for that audience. You need to choose illustration styles that speak to that audience. You need to choose photos that speak to that audience. But you also need to, even though I'm talking about visuals being the most powerful thing, you still have to write a narrative that goes with those visuals. And so sometimes that narrative can be like a billboard where it's six words or less. I mean, that's the purest form of visual communication that exists. But sometimes that narrative is an ebook or an infographic. And something that people often don't realize is you have to write that narrative first. You have to get that story in line based on that target audience using the tone and words that that audience understands first. And then that should inform every design decision that you make. So that's a big step that I often see clients actually mix up. They often want to design first and then write content that fits with the design. But that's not visual communication because now the content is explaining what the design is instead of the design being informed first by that narrative. Okay, perfect. No, that's great context. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. All right, awesome. Two more questions and then we're going to wrap it up for today. What is your favorite growth tool or software or app, something that you use on a regular basis to grow your business? So as a service-based company, we don't have a lot of huge tools that we rely on to grow our business because really as a service-based company, it's about earning the trust of our customers. And the best way to earn their trust is to do as much thought leadership as we possibly can. So still to this day, one of the biggest growth drivers of the business is I speak at about 20 or 30 conferences a year. And that's where I can get in front of my clients and show them that we understand what we're doing, that there is actually a science behind creating this type of content. And if I share how to do that with prospective clients, some of them will go do it on their own, which is great. I want to empower people to do this on their own as much as possible because the higher the bar raises, the more our content shows value as well, because we want all brands to hit that bar. But for the clients who maybe don't have the time to do it themselves, it at least shows them that we are actually very intentional about this, that we really do care about doing this right. And therefore, we are able to earn more trust. I mean, when you're a B2B SaaS company, your intelligence and your thought leadership is all about your programming and the functionality of your tool set. When you are a company putting together subjective content, which is in the end what we do, you have to grow your expertise through thought leadership and grow your client base that way as well. So that's really our biggest focus. Great. Okay, awesome. Listen, what would be one book besides your book, Killer Visual Strategies, right? Which anybody can, I'm sure can pick up on Amazon and you're going to give them a link to that at the end here. But any, any other book besides your book, what would be a book you would recommend to the audience maybe that's helped you or you think might help them throughout their journey? EOS Traction is a book that I always push. I think that for any company that you're running, you need to have a place to grow your culture properly, to really drive all the goals in the company and drive that growth. And Traction really gives the right framework for that. 
So I, I really do push traction. It's made a huge difference for my company. Once we implemented it, we doubled our revenue in a year. Love it. Perfect. Well, listen, Amy, it's been great having you here. I really appreciate you know you being here and all the expertise and going down that rabbit hole with us about the whole visual content concept. Let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about where they can get your book, and then we'll wrap it up for today. Sounds good. So you can connect with me on Twitter at Amy Balliot if you have any questions or you want to dive deeper and pressure test some of the things I shared today. And I would highly suggest that if you want to learn everything there is to learn about visual communication on top of getting the eight solid rules for properly executing visual communication, my book is meant to be a guide for marketers, entrepreneurs, and business leaders. It is a end-to-end how-to on visual strategy. So I highly suggest it. It's called Killer Visual Strategies. I'm an open book. I don't hold anything back. So you will learn all of our secret sauce. I highly suggest checking it out. Killer Visual Strategies on Amazon. Awesome. Great. Listen, thank you so much for being here. Have an awesome day. And I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Thank you very much, Dennis. I appreciate it. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.